Bible's teaching today, and we're talking about God not being the author of confusion, and we're doing marriage. God is for the marriage, folks. This is part two. If you missed the first one, make sure to check that out. It sure helps us out. And remember, we learn so we can teach, and so we teach so we can learn. First of all, we cannot love in our own strength. In the Christian marriage, the Lord Jesus is the source when it comes to respect and love. Quick definition of respect is if you notice something, wives, and by the way, the husband responds to respect and the wife responds to love. So respect and love is gonna be important in the marriage to understand what this means and how to respect and love. First of all, as we see our need for dependency on Christ, remember we don't ask for strength, he is our strength. And so we wanna, first of all, look at our union in him and see that we are lovable to him and he is loving us. And so Jesus died for us, so if you give his life to us, we could transmit his life through us. We're participants with him in this. So respecting the husband is just bringing up, if you ever notice something that he does right, bring that up. Don't mention, avoid, avoid mentioning the things that he's done wrong. Husbands, when it comes to loving your wives, be kind to them. Don't be unkind. My wife says, bees are more attracted to honey than they are vinegar. Paul says this in 1 Corinthians 7:28. He says, but those who get married will have many troubles in this life. Now, many people get a hold of this scripture and they take it out of context. And they say, see, this is why our marriage is such a problem and why we're always having troubles in our marriage because the Bible says if we get married, we'll have many troubles in this life. Well, let me get the context for you here. Paul is addressing the Corinthian church. Remember the Corinthians, they were very carnal. That means they were living from the flesh, gratifying the desires of the flesh. So their marriage, their marriages were not healthy. The men were seeing other women. The women in the marriages were seeing other men. You get the picture? That's why he's saying to them, look, you guys, you, you should stay single. So there's a reason why troubles come, why there's so many troubles in the carnal Corinthians' lives. Because they're living independent lives, you see. They're living from the flesh. So again, Paul is going to show us a need for dependency on Christ here. When he writes in Colossians 3.18, he's addressing the wives. He says, wives, follow the lead of your husband. That's what the Lord wants you to do. So, of course, if the Lord wants you to do it, then you're going to see your need for dependency on him to do it through you. Husbands, this is for us. Love your wives and don't be mean to them. That means be kind all the time. You see how we're going to see our need for dependency on Christ to do the marriage, folks? That's why it's so vital to see that whoever's joined to the Lord is one spirit with him. And it's another reason why Paul mentions to not be unequally yoked. Can you imagine two ticks getting together with no dog? They would suck the life right out of each other. And that's what it's like without Christ. 
Another reason for troubles in the marriage, Paul says this in 1 Corinthians 7, 29. He says, brothers and sisters, what I mean is the time is short. From now on, those who have a husband or wife should live as if they do not. Live as if they did not have one. What is he saying? To never acknowledge that I'm married? No, he's not saying that. He's saying that what God is going to do in the Christian marriage is get both the wife and the husband dependent on Christ, not each other. You see, and so the eyes are not on each other, but on Christ. And as we move our eyes to Christ, what happens is the couple draw closer together as well. The single man or woman, Paul says this, and as a, as a single Christian myself for 17 years before I got married, um, I can honestly say that this was applicable in my life because I was concerned about the Lord's matters. I wanted to know how I could please the Lord, period. I didn't have the world, I wasn't concerned about the world's matters, and I didn't have a wife, so I wasn't always thinking about how I could please her. You see, I was 100% devoted to the Lord. And that's the benefits of being single, is we are complete through our union with Christ, whether we're single or married. So remember, we don't get married to get complete, because we're complete through our union with Christ. So we're okay either way. The single woman is concerned about the Lord's matters. See, a Christian woman who is single, she wants to serve the Lord with both body and spirit. She's completely available for Him. The married man and woman, on the other hand though, Paul says this, a married man and woman is concerned about the matters of this world. They want to know how they can please each other. And so all through the day, as we're trusting God's grace, husbands and wives, what we're doing is we're thinking of ways of how we can please our spouse. That's why it's important to understand each other's love language. We read a book together, and I highly recommend, we highly recommend this book. It's called The Five Love Languages. So as Christ loves the church, husbands love your wives. See there, it's unconditional. Remember, Jesus took away our sins. Jesus loves us unconditionally. Jesus is kind, he's patient towards us. Husbands, he's not easily angered with us. He doesn't keep records of our wrongs. <clears throat> so this is what he wants to produce through us as we trust him towards our wives. So this is instructions for the husband and the wife. And it's found in Ephesians 5.33, where Paul says this, a husband also must love his wife. He must love her just as he loves himself. And a wife must respect her husband. See, remember, obedience is for us. It benefits us. So, for an example, when a wife respects her husband, it benefits her. Husbands, when we love our wives, it benefits us. And also benefits each other. For the wife, how do you respect the husband? Well, I've jotted down a few things here. First of all, be respectful. Don't bring up past mistakes. We all make them, and we all are very aware of, aware of them. So it's not important to bring those up because the Holy Spirit is already teaching us about those things. 
If you ever notice something that a husband does right, and it could happen, let him know about it. Encourage him in that. Be kind, be patient, endure through the tough times. Don't be quick to mention the D word. Something you never want to do in marriage is mention the D word, the divorce. You know, when that word divorce comes up, what happens is it weakens the marriage. So if you've done that already, stop. It just weakens it more and more and more. Remember each other's love language. You know, my wife and I sat down, like I mentioned, we sat down up in a cabin up in the woods together and we just read that book, The Five Love Languages, and we really got to know each other. We want to know how we can say, God, build up instead of tear down. Don't ever bring up past shortcomings. Practice the husband's presence. And so living a Christ life in marriage, it's really important for us to remember each other's love language. It's the way to please our spouse. Five physical touch, acts of service, quality time, receiving gifts, words of aspiration. One of them could be yours. Be encouraged. God bless. Thank you.